following program is not intended for kids. So, hey, kids, if you're listening to this and your parents get all pissed off, not my fault. Sorry. Also, if you want to keep up everything Hoovalicious, get on my website. It's in the description below. Or check out Hoovalicious TV on YouTube and Hoovalicious84 on Twitter. And keep your eyeballs open. I will be having a forum soon, so you guys can send me questions, comments, all kinds of stuff. As long as you keep it clean and nice, that's all good. Other than that, just keep putting stuff in the comments, guys. I'd really appreciate that. Now let's sit back and relax, and let's enjoy Friday. Hello, welcome to Friday, guys. If you're new, my name's Eric. If you're not new and you've listened to before, welcome back. We're going to start off the nerdy news with something that's actually a lot more serious than nerdy, but it does all fall together, and it really needs to be talked about now. So if you've been paying attention to the news, Donald Trump threw, and I hope I get her name right, Ilan Omar, a congresswoman, one of the many that seem to be getting thrown under the bus right now, and she seems to be the, the head target that I feel is being turned into the Hillary Clinton for his campaign right now. And if you guys think I'm going 100% crazy political right now, I'm trying not to. But again, this needs to be talked about because it's leeching into nerd fan bases, so just bear with me. I'm not going to rant and rave, point fingers, whatever. What I'm going to say is I'm going to say the obvious. This is terrible. That our president's doing this. It is terrible that people are thinking this way. It is even more terrible that no matter what side you're on, it seems like everybody is trying to find some way of blaming someone for something, finding avenues to spew hate, and to find justice in doing so. I don't get this. I don't understand why America has turned to this. Now, I'm not saying this is 100% true. I'm just saying this is my opinion. This is my, my opinionated observation. So if you feel differently or you feel the same leave a comment please let me know let's turn this into a dialogue hell maybe we can bring this back next the next episode i wouldn't mind because i think this is something we really need to talk about because it is affecting fan bases what i mean by that is everybody is going completely crazy over disney's decision to have a black aerial for the little mermaid and again i don't get why people are doing this i originally thought this was because people are being purist about the movie and what i mean by that is is that they want it to stay the same they don't want anything to really change from the original product and i understand that i mean i'm like that with the muppets but i've learned at this point that i i really can't be complaining like that but i've been reading people's comments i've been i've been looking i've been observing and these are not comments about oh don't you know don't change my franchise you're ruining my childhood this is seriously just racism with you're ruining my childhood it really is and i'm i'm sorry to say that but that's what it is and it all stems back to why why are we doing this people why are we why why are we letting all this hate racism bigotry yada 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 fueling america right now why are we letting this happen and this is my opinion i think it's because we have stopped communication we don't want to listen I mean, we're communicating, but we're not communicating. We're we're taking the listening part out, and we're just saying, I don't like this. This is what I say. I'm not listening to you. Go fuck yourself. 
that's pretty much what's going on. And again, that's my opinion. And if you would like to add to that conversation and be adult about it, don't be a douche. That's cool. I would would really appreciate it. It's just, it it sucks when the government is setting an example for the rest of the country where they won't listen to each other and they're in a constant battle trying to battle for what they feel is right and what they want to do with this country. And when people observe that, it fuels them. And that's not a good thing. Again, opinion. But it's just sad. And I feel I feel so sorry right now for not just these congresswomen, not just I feel sorry for everybody. I really do. I don't want to single people out. It's affecting everyone. And I think that we're at a point that we don't know what to do. And but this is what this this is what I want to get at though, guys. And that is I think we all really need to hear some words that get us thinking. I think that we I think we need something else other than what we're reading on the news, what we're hearing people talk about. Even, like, my bullshit. I think we really need to hear words from somebody who really was, really, when he was alive, was trying to reach out and really touch people. Not just children, but people. And try to make the world, even though it is a scary place, to not seem so scary. And that's Fred Rogers. Fred had this great way of not only teaching kids, but reaching adults, too, in a way that is to me is still amazing. It's it's a it's a really interesting approach the way he did his show, but it's also how he talked to people, how he started conversations. The man I I think he either did or didn't know exactly how valuable his insight really was and still is. I'm watching Mr. Rogers Neighborhood right now. I I bought a DVD with um what money I had from my birthday and I've been watching and it's funny that last night before all this before I did this recording I watched an episode where he was saying on the outside we all look different but on the inside we have very similar qualities very similar attributes basically saying is that even though we're all different doesn't mean that we're not the same we're all the same in this world and I think we all need to hear that. I mean, we're all on this earth. We have so much crap going on right now. I mean, right now, a lot of stuff going on. It just seems like everyone is more concentrated on what they want and what they need when we really need to band together in all of us, not just one side, all of us. We need to just come together and say, hey, you know what? We need to start thinking about what's good for all of us, not just one section of people. And I think we need to go back to what fred was saying which is we might be different on the outside but the inside we're 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 all the same we might be different we might come from different backgrounds we might have different sexualities we might have different religious beliefs different opinions but i think it's really important especially what's going on right now politically that we pay attention to that and as with fandoms too and i've been seeing this in different fandoms we need to come together as a community and listen to one another understand one another we don't have to agree with one another i mean it's one thing if you're you know spouting hate and you know racism and everything but it's another that if you have a different opinion than somebody else listen to that other person you don't have to agree with them but you should at least acknowledge that they have some kind of opinion and who knows maybe you can take something away from it And I really hope that this really helps. And I know this isn't much nerdy news, but I do think it's an important thing we need to bring up because it isn't just affecting society, it's affecting our fandoms. So guys, 
for my bend, I really want to throw everybody at the mrrogers.org website. I'm going to have a link. This website is awesome. It's got so many things about the show, Fred, but you can actually watch episodes of the original show. They put five different episodes up. I think it's like every other Monday and it's really cool. I highly recommend it because again, I think we need to hear this man's wisdom. I think that we we need this right now. And I'm not saying to, you know, live by it or anything, but to get us thinking, to get us thinking about what the human condition is now and what we need to do to actually improve it. Because honestly, we're all in chaos right now and I... I gotta say, I don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but I'm not gonna let it get me down. And if it's that I have to watch Mr. Rogers to help me see the brighter, the brighter picture, then so be it. Over the past few years, puppetry has really been booming lately. Everything from new Gary Anderson projects with um, Marriott Nation to, um, let's see, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal's coming out. Oh my gosh, that's just, I talked about this before and I'll say it again. It looks so gorgeous. And I still watched the trailer to try and pick out what's what's puppetry, what's CGI. It's It's amazing. And I love the fact that this is all... This is all coming up to the forefront, and people are talking about this. And even more so, this is also part of practical effects coming back. I've been noticing more and more. I mean, yes, I know. Talking about this, I have to talk about, like, the return of critters. Because this is a return to using practical effects and puppetry. One of the many that is happening right now. And I love it. It's great. And I know it's part of campy stuff, but it's leading up to this big stuff like Dark Crystal. And that's great. That's wonderful. I mean, you can't ask for anything better. Well, I mean, yep, you could, but that probably means Disney's going to come out and say, Oh, we're doing another remake. It's going to be better than the original. You know, but I'm just glad to see that puppetry is coming back. And I think people are starting to understand that it's not just for kids. I remember... I remember when Crank Yankers came out, and I loved this show when I was in college. It was beautifully done. Uh, the problem was, though, is that after a while, it got kind of old because you, you knew the setup, you knew what was coming, you didn't know the jokes that were coming, but you knew the setup. And eventually, it just felt like a Scooby-Doo episode, and you're just like, oh, hey, the, you know, this is how it's going to flow. Oh, hey, there we go. Yeah. But I remember parents were going crazy and saying, puppets are for kids only. And it's like, no, 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 it's not. And I think I find that really funny because it seems that, and I know that Punch and Judy have not been used in years and very seldom do you see anyone do a Punch and Judy performance, but people seem to forget Punch and Judy. And Punch and Judy, when you compare it, when you look at it now, like, really is not for kids or at least what i've seen anyway but i love it when people go oh this medium is only for kids like no 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 it's it's an art medium so anything goes there was a years ago there was a performance where it was what was it it was julius caesar and they did it all in full body puppets and i saw a couple pictures of this thing it was beautiful and I heard people say, oh, this was great. This was wonderful. And wouldn't you know, you land on that one comment of the one parent 
who took their kids to go see Julius Caesar. And apparently they had no idea what they were walking into. And it kind of seems like they didn't even know Shakespeare because they went in and they, they basically said, I took my kids to see this. And this was the most horrific thing I've ever taken my kids to. I don't know why you would made a puppet show out of something about a man getting stabbed and why the dialogue was the way it was. I don't understand. It should be in English. And I'm thinking, do you not know Shakespeare? Okay, you if you were aware of Shakespeare, you wouldn't have taken your kids to this thing, period. You know, Shakespeare is not for kids. Once they become teenagers, yeah, start exposing them. But no, 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 no. Don't, don't do Shakespeare. Also, too, what really surprises me, there's a lot of very well-talented ventriloquists out there. And I got to thank America's Got Talent for giving an outlet for these folks. Because it's amazing, some of these folks coming out. And... I remember before when more and more ventriloquists were getting on the show, I was like, oh, we got another ventriloquist. Oh, we got another ventriloquist. But every time there's a new ventriloquist, and even there's some that I've been following since I was in college, and they show up on this the show, and I'm like, oh, hey, I remember them. They're really good. The judges are in for a show. You know, I just love the fact that there's so many ventriloquists coming out, and it's wonderful. And... I really think when it comes to the ventriloquism, though, is that I think that it all... I hate to throw this on one person, but I think when Jeff Dunham really became big, it showed these folks that were that were practicing and stuff going, hey, you know what? People are liking ventriloquism again. Probably not since... Well, I shouldn't say that, but Edgar Bergen was the big guy back in the day and i love watching his stuff edgar had a great talent but i love the fact that he didn't want to keep his show on the stage he he did i don't know how many movies he did a lot of movies he was the first to really go hey you can take this medium and make it a movie and he made it entertaining and fun and i love every once in a while when i see an edgar bergen movie i just go up this is what I'm watching for the day. And they're they're entertaining. I also feel that that was an open door that probably inspired Jim when he did the Muppet movie. And I think it's really great, too, that he got Edgar Bergen to be in the film. I think that was fantastic that Edgar was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it with ya. And I love the fact ventriloquism is now starting to, to, to seem like more of an acceptable medium. And I say that because some people used, you know, even when I was growing up, people went, oh, ventriloquist. Well, except for the ones who were who were really good. And then people were like, oh, hey, you know that guy. But anyone else, they're like, oh, ventriloquist. But now it just seems like people are being more accepting of the fact that there's people that want to do this. And they're just like, oh, hey, a ventriloquist. Well, let's see what they got. Let's see if they're any good, you know. And it's amazing, just these these individuals. And I'm glad that they're they're popping up and they're really bringing insight to to puppetry and ventriloquism because... Without puppetry, we wouldn't have practical effects, and we wouldn't even have the push to have digital effects. So that's that's a great thing. I think something else that's helping puppetry right now is, too, is 50 years of Sesame Street. I can't believe it's 50. I really can't. That's amazing. That That blows my mind. I'm so happy for those folks. I'm so happy for Sesame Street because this show really helped kids and honestly adults can watch this once in a blue moon i actually watch sesame street just for fun i also follow sesame street on youtube and i'll i'll watch the parodies they've done and it's wonderful what they do but sesame street has always been a welcoming show for kids 
it not only educates, but it gives comfort to kids who who need it. I know when when I was a kid, I was picked on a lot, and shows like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers that was a godsend because it it gave you it gave you some time to just sit down and forget that the world is crappy and just be like, oh hey, here's a world that I can get into. And even Mr. Rogers, even like the puppetry he used was super simple, but I loved I loved the way he set up his show because again, it was welcoming. And I'm actually watching episodes right now, and I. It really is a comfort because as an adult, you don't have to be a kid to understand the show. And a lot of what he talks about can be, you can relate to and you can enjoy. But I love the setup of his show because it just felt like he took the old school Saturday morning setup, old school puppetry setups of like church and stuff, and put it all in one show, and that's what made it entertaining. Fred didn't try to be a certain show. He didn't try to he didn't try to mimic anything. He just did his own thing. He was like, here's my vision, this is what I want to do, this is who I want to reach, here we go. And it was it's a beautiful show. So tonight, guys, I wanted to talk about confidence. Confidence is not something that, for some people, doesn't come easy. It's not easy to learn. It's not easy to maintain. Some people are pretty good at it. But the reason why I bring it up is the podcast itself. We're at number three, and I am having a damn lot of fun doing this. This is this is something fun. This really helps me mellow out to just kind of like pick topics and talk about them. I like this. This is fun. But growing up, that was not something that was easy for me. Growing up, I was bullied a lot. I really had no balls. I, well, except when I got really pissed off and I was able to drop a 300 pound person to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had video of that. You, you would have been surprised, but he had it coming. Okay. You don't, you don't fuck around with me. I'm sorry. And it was self-defense. So, you know, you can't say that I'm a bully because I, I, I did it all in 100% self-defense. I still don't know how I necessarily did it, but damn, you know, anyway, in high school, it just was it was hard to be confident. It was hard to be yourself. And for me, it was really hard. It I had to literally find cliques that I could make friends with. I was at the nerd table. As a matter of fact, in high school, me and three other guys, we were the nerd table at that lunch period anyway. It it was weird. Um, saying that, you know, you were the nerd table. Like, we had our own section. It was a little scary. Like, we sat at the same area all the time, gaps in between us and the other people. Like, we had the jocks on one side, and you know what? We had nobody on the other side, now that I think about it. We were near the end, and nobody wanted to sit on the end, so we were we were at the end. And it was like, up from us was the jocks, and then up from the jocks was, like, one section of the popular douchey people. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, but, I mean, it just was something I wasn't... it. It was hard for me to be confident, and then I learned improv. I was part of theater class, and we did what was called the literary masquerade. Literary masquerade was cool because we would do, we would act out literature. But when we did it one year, we it was a it was a Halloween themed one, 
and we did the cask of Amontillado. We did a comedic telling of the Raven, which was, the, which is, this is where I really learned I was great at improv because we had no script for this thing. We, we wanted to do the Raven and somebody said, why can't we make it funny? And then everybody just started bouncing ideas off of each other. We came up with this idea that we were going to have somebody do the reciting, but as he was doing it, we would have crap happen on stage. At first it was like a light goes out on stage. So somebody comes up with a ladder, fix the bulb and walks away. But as it keeps going, it gets more and more ridiculous. I was the streaker. Oh, sorry, not the streaker, the flasher. Sorry, there's a difference. I was the flasher. I I ran on stage and I would open up the trench coat. But I was always I would always have my back facing to everybody. But that was the joke. And it was hysterical. A year after that, we did Batman the musical, where it was the most we wrote the script and then we went back and went, How freaking corny can we really make this? Like, we had half-assed costumes. We had a fat Batman who turned into a skinny, tiny Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I played Robin. Oh, it was it was hysterical. I learned confidence. From, the, from theater class. Theater class really got me learning how to be a little more me, and improv really helped out. But then after high school, just everything went, went, went downward. It, it was hard. And it's taken me a very long time to build up confidence. This, this podcast right here is a confidence builder. It really is. It, the thing is, sometimes you need somebody to tell you something that inspires you to build up more confidence. And and in this situation, there was one guy who did it for me. Let's backtrack for just a second. When I was in college, I was developing really bad depression, and it was not helping me out. Uh, there was one person online that got me through those times, and that was To the Ranting Griffin. If you do not know who this guy is, he is a comedian in the furry community. Very funny guy. There's a good chunk of people that beg to differ, but the thing is, this guy is not afraid to say what needs to be said, especially if it's asking him for advice and he does a show he he actually just brought it back uh two cents i'm going to free advertise this because i love the i I love his show i love how he does it it's great but he would always answer letters from people and some people would have you know interesting questions and some people would actually be going through shit and be like two what's your opinion on this what should i do what what advice do you have for me and listening to him do that and even just talk about things in general i find listening to him fascinating and we got to go a little further up when i went to furlax or furlaxation in ohio it was the last year they did it he was there and i was helping my friends ashley and van they were doing the audio and i remember we made a flask for him out of an old microphone i came up with the idea ashley was the one with the magic fingers and the materials she was she was the bronze behind the idea i was just the the idea guy i was the brains but we handed that off and after that i was the dude who was always kind of sitting in the back when he was talking like he was telling people stories and stuff because I wasn't confident and nobody really knows this, but my, when I was going to that convention and I knew that two was going to be there, I told myself before I had gotten to Ohio that I was going to ask him if we could hang out for a short time just so I could pick his brain and talk about stuff because 
I am a fan, yes, but this wasn't like a fanboy thing. This was a, I genuinely wanted to have a intelligent conversation with this guy because I like how he says things. Though I always agree, no, but I wanted that and I had no confidence to do it. I was so scared. I, all I was able to do was to say, hey, we made this flask for you and that's all I did. I still kick myself about that, but you know what? I'm glad that happened because now getting to the present, doing YouTube last year, I did an interview with Mark Wiener. I had a little bit of confidence in this, but I literally went into this thing blind. All I did was is write to the guy and say, hey, I'd like to do an interview. And Mark said, cool, let me see your stuff. Okay, I like what you do. Let's do it. What day you want to do it? We're fine. After that, I really got a good boost of boost of confidence. But getting to this podcast, it was two again, who comes back into the picture. And I hope he hears this because I want him to know how much he helped me. I wrote to him about, it's probably a month ago, because Anthrocon was coming up and I had friends going, oh, are you going to ha- be working that weekend? Do you, you know, or yeah, that weekend, do you want to hang out? We haven't seen you forever. We want you to come. We miss you. And honestly, I... This wasn't a confidence thing now. I literally didn't want to go. I, I, With the stuff that I've seen going on in this fandom, and I'm not going to dwell on it, and I'm not going to say anything bad. It's just, I don't feel comfortable going to public meets and cons anymore in the fandom. I won't say why. I just, I just don't. And again, this isn't a confidence thing. This is more of a, a personal thing. But it was bugging me. It was actually bringing me to tears because I wanted to see my friends. and. I wrote to two and I I asked him, I said, listen, I don't want to go to meets and stuff because this is how I feel, but I'm missing out on my friends and I'm not really sure that I'm making the right choice. Do do you think I'm doing the right thing by doing what I feel is best for me? Or do you think maybe I'm kind of pussying out? I didn't write that in the letter, but that's pretty much what I was saying. And two wrote back and he said, listen. I think that it's best that you do what you think is best. You should do you, and nobody else can tell you that you shouldn't be you. Again, maybe that's not how he said it, but, you know, that's the general gist. It really made me feel good that there was somebody who doesn't really know me, who probably barely remembers seeing me, that he was nice enough to say, dude, do you. And when he said that, and I started thinking about doing this podcast, I was like, you know what? I want to do this because I need an outlet. I need to be able to be me. And in order to do that, I need to be able to open my damn trap and say whatever I want. That's why I say that this thing is a no filters podcast. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be ones where the filters will be on and, you know, the kids can listen to it. But that's why I tell you guys it's no filters because I need that outlet. And it really boosted my confidence when he told me, just do you. And once I got through episode one, two, and even this one is coming much, much easier. Especially, you guys don't know this, but maybe you do, maybe you can pick it out, but I don't script this. This is a not, this is totally not scripted. I, I get an idea of what topics I want to talk about, and I just do it. And sometimes I do it in chunks. This episode, I just got done doing part one. I'm doing this one now. I haven't done part two yet. So, and that's going to be weird me saying that now that you got to part three, but you know, it, I like that. I like being spontaneous and, um, that's what I enjoy. 
about doing this podcast, but again, it all leads up to confidence. And maybe going a little deeper into that is that confidence is not something that comes naturally to people. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And I've learned that in order to do that, sometimes you just have to take the risk of embarrassing yourself, to be honest. It's kind of like trying to do interviews now. The worst thing you're going to get is a no or a laugh or something. You know what? It's okay to be embarrassed. And honestly, sometimes the most embarrassing things can be the ones that also help you boost your confidence too. But again, it's something to be learned. It's something that I don't think you can necessarily master confidence. Confidence is something that you can gain, but you can also lose, and you got to build it back up sometimes. But in the end, it's something that's great. It makes you do great things. And you know what? This podcast, I I feel it's a great thing. It's just starting out. I'm, I don't have a fan base right now, but I don't care. I'm going to keep doing this until I feel like it's unfulfilling. But I enjoy this. This is fun. It boosts my confidence more to know that there are some people listening. and. I thank you guys for listening. You're you're awesome. Again, guys, thank you so very much for listening in. I I appreciate you guys so very much. We're at three. I'm freaking stoked about this. I can't wait to do it again in two weeks. So until next time, guys, have fun. Take care. One, four, three.